The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello and welcome to Bastards and Broken Things, a fan-critical podcast covering all things Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire. Yay! Yes, yes, yay indeed. Today I am joined by several of the great houses. We have House Stark, represented by Lucy. Honoured to be here. Uh, House Tarly, represented by John. Hello. And of course the not-so-great House of Tully with Gareth. Coming from the ginger fella who is definitely part of House Tully, so... (laughs) (laughs) Gaz, what house would you put yourself in? Don't say Brad. Oh, come on, Lucy. I'm just Come on, don't be silly. No, I'm just asking. You know for a fact, you know for a fact that we are both Starks. That is a fact. I've I've even got a sword. You're Maggie the Frog. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, today we're going to be recapping season seven, a moment when the books were well and truly left behind. Thanks very much for that, George. And we steamrolled towards a conclusion of this epic saga. Mm. I thought what would be a good idea is to actually blueberry the season as we didn't get to do that back then when we started doing our podcasts and we did start with Game of Thrones. The blueberry system wasn't official and we hadn't put it to the test with Mm. Game of Thrones. Mm. So I thought we'd blueberry the season. Mm. Um, If you do want to hear the old season seven podcasts, they are on this channel. I apologize for the audio quality. We were just amateurs back then, not the professional <laughs> outfit that we are now. Um, however, some of the content is hilarious, so definitely go check that out if you can. Mm. I would highly recommend it. There's, a, there's some good laughs in there and some very good theories, mm. which I'm sure will be coming up again in the couple of weeks before season eight airs. Yeah. So let's go around our very own little small council. And Ooh. I want your bloobs. And because this is our new channel and we might have some new listeners, could you please explain the blueberry scale? John, going to come to you first. <clears throat> Thoughts, bloobs, explanation. Uh, okay, so the blueberry scale is thus. It's five bloobs or it's zero bloobs or it's one bloob, two, three or four. But there can be no half bloob. No half bloob. Why? It's just ludicrous. You can't half a blueberry. Yeah. Who wants half a blueberry? Um, So that's how we score stuff. Uh, It's a very solid system. Uh, It's fair but firm. Mm, Very firm. Like a blueberry. Yeah, correct. Like a blueberry. Um, Do you want my score straight off the bat? Straight off the bat, mate. Give me those blues. Straight off the batty. Bat. Um, It is four. Oh, good score. Four blueberries. Very good score. Um, I find it very difficult. Um, And actually, I'm going to say this. I think this is the worst season of Game of Thrones. That is mental. Season two is clearly the worst season of you Game of Thrones. You are not allowed to have any opinion. Yes, very true. Um, all right, little finger. Um, so uh, no, the, the reason why I think it's the worst season, um, it's it's rushed. A lot of it is rushed. I do agree um, with that. 
you know, we we discussed this before, and I guess uh, we'll we'll pass on to our geography expert in Gaz in a sec. But um, it's very difficult to judge distance when someone's using a dragon rather than the London Underground. True, um, but point. it's too it's too fast. Mm. A lot of it is just convenience, um, and much of it feels like. I did see a review where someone said they felt like some of the episodes were written by like a 10-year-old boy, where it's like, oh, yeah, all my favourite character, now they will do fighty, and the dragon is coming. It's like, oh, come on, man. Like, this used to be like high political drama, and now it's like Michael Bay's yeah. Game of Thrones. So, mm. um, and actually that episode, I think, is is very poor, to be honest. Um so, but it's Game of Thrones, and and even though I don't think that's a great episode, and that episode is beyond the wall, um, I still go back to YouTube and watch certain scenes from it. Yes. So that's that that's the little boy inside me. So there you go. So that's four bloobs from me. Very nice, Lucy. Throwing it to you next. Mm. What were your thoughts, Luce? I think I'm a very reactive viewer when I watch things like this, and because I love it so much, my initial reaction was kind of that 10 year old boy that um, John mentioned is like, oh, it's a polar bear. And oh my God, look at Dondarrion's flaming sword. And I just love it. I just can't deal with it. Like quite, I didn't really take it in, in a, in a critical manner. I just watched it with, with like awe and loved it. I have been rewatching it. And yeah, I mean, it is so rushed. Some of the dialogue is shonky and clunky. Ooh, um, shonky. And that's, that's really not shonky. Game of Thrones. And I think I echo a lot of John's sentiment. Go. Like it was, <laughs> a girl, a girl. It was high it, high political drama um, and it was just so rushed. However, for sheer spectacle and some of the moments in it, mm. I would have to give it a four. And you, I, I actually agree again with John. What is happening? But yeah. it probably is, it, for what Game of Thrones is, it probably is the worst series um but it's there's so much spectacle and so much to enjoy and so many great reveals mm. um that it's still better than pretty much anything else on tv yeah so, that, that is true yeah. yeah yeah gareth thoughts bloobs over there in oz yeah i'm gonna echo a lot of what's been said i think um the the biggest the biggest flaw in it is the time traveling unfortunately and mm. it's I remember I remember first of all when people cotton on to the fact that Littlefinger was zipping around Westeros like he had a, a magic carpet or yeah. something. And and that was that was hilarious. It was like, oh look at that. Littlefinger can f- fly around the country at will. And then suddenly everybody had magic carpets and yeah. they were just appearing just appearing wherever they needed to be. And that has just made it lose all credibility phrase of the week and it's a shame because it you it's game of thrones so it it doesn't really matter um what they do we're gonna love it (laughs) at the time like we're gonna love it whatever happens we're going to enjoy ourselves watching it but if you want to break it down and be and critique it then it's a huge problem it's a huge flaw that it took a whole season for them to walk um to the wall in season one and and now they literally do it at will. I'm not happy with it, but um, again, it's Game of Thrones, so it can't get any less than a four. Yeah, very true. I'm gonna 
echo once again everyone's thoughts here because i do think that's pretty much hit the nail on the head it's kind of like an rpg that when you've unlocked that location you can just fast travel there and that's kind of the way i see the way that game of thrones has gone <laughs> john snow got to the wall fast travel straight there but um i think we saw things on the silver screen that have never ever been done before on television so i'm thinking of things like the loot train attack on, mm. in episode four the spoils of war even the previous season with the Battle of the Bastards, season five, Hard Home. But in season seven, that loot train attack was insane. I've never seen anything like it. And I remember sitting around watching it with you guys because it was the first ever podcast that we did. And I've got very, very fond memories of this season for that reason, let alone the fact that that was something that I never thought I would see on television. So like you said, guys, it has to be a four from me. Can't be a five because I think season one... And season four are better. I think there's a lot of seasons that, that are better than this, actually. But uh, it's just a great spectacle. Mm. Um, ignore the time traveling. Ignore Gendry being a marathon runner for the Winter Olympics, or whatever he's doing over there at the wall. Um, if you ignore all that and you just look at the moments, and that's what we're going to focus on in this podcast, is the key moments. Mm. When I list them out to you and we talk about them, Ooh. I think you'll just realize how special uh, some of the moments are in this season, let alone for the rest of the whole show. There's so many in this one season that I think it will blow your mind. So four out of five for me. Isn't it isn't it maybe too many, too many special moments? Like I think that's what <laughs> that's what John was talking about. It's like it is like a, a ten year old has written some of it and just gone, right, who are my favourite characters? Let's put them together with a with a dragon and let's see what happens. You know, it's like it's it's almost fan fiction at times. Yeah. It did seem very much like it was fan fiction at times because a lot of these things, you know, as the series came to a to a, to a head, they all the characters had to meet. We knew that, and we know that in the books. Like we know that these characters are going to have to somehow get back together again, mm. and so that does seem like fan fiction because it's something that we just haven't had for a while. So people have been hypothesizing, or oh, what would it be like if uh, Tyrion and Jon saw each other again? And what's it going to be like when Jon and Sansa meet up again? And when Arya and Jon meet up again? And that is happening now. It's going to happen. So yeah. that's why it seems like fan fiction, because it's been literally since the first book, since the 1980s or early 1990s, since these characters have, you know, when they were first written in Game of Thrones, have been together. Yeah. So that's why it seems like fan fiction, just because we're so not used to seeing these characters actually have certain interactions with each other mm. but i guess like uh, look one of my favorite characters is the hound yeah boy um sandor and uh, in like the space of one season yeah uh he's gone from like this guy that just doesn't give a fuck about anyone yeah um to now he's fighting beyond the wall yeah like risking his life to save some big fucking yeah. ginger like wildling <laughs> yeah but that's like, but that's like that you happening? john well, yeah i know but well hold on but you know the hound is we all know he's rory mccann yeah so you know of house but McCann. he did have his kind of epiphany with the not christians but you know what i mean yeah the the, the people who worship the <laughs> worship the They're seven they worship the seven the <laughs> yes, new gods the lucy that would piss me off yeah but i mean it's not like he just went from naught to zero, naught to zero. I kind of did a little to 100. bit. I know, but we did get that kind of. He wanted to potentially be better, and that's what saw him Gen- join I, up with the Brotherhood without banners. I, genuinely, I'm amazed that like Pod hasn't turned around and gone. Do you know what? Actually, 
Arthur Dane was my dad. Like, <laughs> oh, I knew he! Not Yay! Yet, I feel like, in a weird way, the Hound has had the kind of character arc that Jamie should have had, like, as yeah. in yeah. development yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. just making him an errand well, boy well, yeah. Cersei. Let's just say it looks like Jamie's finally going to get his, his upturn in this season. So yeah, boy. Really, really looking yes. forward to that. Now, let's get into the main uh, highlights of season seven. But before we do, a quick advert. Ooh, kill the boy, John Snow. Winter is almost upon us. Kill the boy. And let the man be born. Hello, yes, advert time. But today is a special day because we have a few people to shout out on the podcast because they have gone ahead and supported us via our lovely, lovely Patreon. Uh, We're extremely grateful for any support that any of our listeners give us just by listening, of course. But if you do want to join part of the exclusive club and be part of the exclusive club, which is our Patreon account, then you can do that. The link is in the show notes or you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash fan critical. So shout outs to the following legends who have joined the fan critical fellowship is Dan Roberts. Thanks, Dan. Hannah Baker. Thanks very much, Hannah. And Tom. Thomas Barrett. So thank you very much. I know that you wanted to be shouted out in this Game of Thrones podcast. We really do appreciate your support. It means a lot to us. A very good choice of podcast because Mm. we don't have a favourite, but if we did have a favourite podcast, Game of Thrones would probably be ours. They're Mm. like children. We don't like to pick and choose. Don't tell the other ones. And if you would like a shout out on a podcast of your choosing too, and access to our exclusive cast episodes where we recast famous films or shows with different actors, then please support us on the Patreon. The link is in the show notes, as I said before. You can just Google it or you can go to the address patreon.com forward slash fan critical. There's loads of options on there. We mainly just want to increase collaboration with you guys, the listeners, and we Mm. want to know what you want us to make. And we want to have, you know, discussions with you about the things that we are making, the podcasts we are making and what we could do better Mm. in the future. Mm. Also, just to note, our new series, The Worst of Netflix, is out now. Oh my God, I love that one. and Gareth have been slaving over that one in the edit and Mm. give it a listen. It is hilarious. So I would highly... Highly, highly recommend that. And of course, our Stephen King horror coverage continues on Castle Rock Critical covering the Tommyknockers. Also, please do subscribe to this channel if you can. It's called Bastards and Broken Things, as I'm sure you know because you're listening to it right now. But you can subscribe <laughs> on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. Spotify. Not only that, a review would be excellent. So if you could leave us one, either on this channel, the Bastards and Broken Things channel, or Fan Critical channel, that would be very much appreciated. Extra marks if you give us some blueberries. Right, guys, let's jump into the Season 7 recap. Yeah! I have a tender spot in my heart for Crittles, Bastards and Broken Things. So Season 7 had a lot of key moments, as I mentioned before, and I thought what would be a great idea is to list them in chronological order of the way they happen in the show and the season, Mm. and then we can discuss each one, jump in with some highlights or some negatives about each of these key moments, okay? The first big moment that I'm going to mention this season is the cold open of the season, which is when Arya kills the phrase. What did you guys think about that? Obviously, at the end of season six, we had that amazing scene where she had snuck into, you know, House Frey. She had, you know, killed Walder Frey by slitting his throat and feeding him his sons. Right? Remember that? Mm -hmm. This opens up with Arya using Walder Frey's skin to do a Red Wedding-esque toast Mm. in his dining hall, which then slaughters all of the Freys with horrible poison. Thoughts? It's funny because I started re-watching this season. Mm. um, And when this opened, I was like, 
I don't think we. I don't think this is season seven. I think we've we've watched the wrong episode. We're still in season six because it's such a cold open. It's like, yeah. and I think actually it's a great opening to the season, but it is also um, sort of symptomatic of the rushing. It's like, yep, this is happening straight away. There's no kind of um, build up to it. We're mm. just straight in there. But it was an epic opening. Mm. Yeah. Um, and she's just a bad bitch, Arya, and I love her. Oh, I love her. I love her very much. I mean, it is kind of out of nowhere. But remember, if you were watching this, like, say, back to back, you've seen season six, episode 10, and then you go straight into this. They do feel very connected, those two scenes. Because I hadn't. I, I was literally quite thrown. I was okay, like, yeah. So it's just a problem oh, for you then. I'm telling you I haven't. So. Fair enough. John, you like Arya, don't you? Yeah, I like uh, I like Arya. Mm. Um, I also thought that Lord Frey, uh, what's the actor's name? David, David Bradley. David Bradley. Um, oh, he's excellent. He's amazing that, in everything that he's in. Yeah, that speech is just so good, man. It yeah. makes me wish he didn't die in a way. Well, but that's not that's not him. That's Arya playing him. Yeah, so, that yeah. is true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that would be awkward at the award ceremony. Who's coming up for this? No, she just pull the face off. <laughs> oh, ooh. there you go. Are well, they good. doing that again? Are they? Yeah, yeah. So John Travolta and Nick Cage. <laughs> um, no, he, his speech is great. Um, there's a bit where he's like. Yes, yes. Go on, go on. Drink, celebrate, killing a family and a pregnant woman, and you're like, all right, mate. Jeez, chill out. Pretty good, going actually. On? That was John. I think <laughs> we found much. your good, true yeah. calling. That was yeah. very, very good. You are afraid. It is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm afraid that you're incorrect. Very good. Thanks. Yeah. It is amazing how the the speech quickly changes from Walder to Arya. You know, it starts off as Walder, and then eventually it just slips into Arya actually speaking. It's amazing and very well acted by David Bradley. That is for sure. He's great. And a great way to kick off the season, right, Gaz? Ah, oh, perfect. It's exactly what you you wait all those all those months for it to come back, and you're stewing on the anger of the phrase, and then boom, straight in there, done. See you later, phrase. I don't mind that being rushed. Like it was just you you want them dead, and they are. <laughs> but again, I I don't think that does feel rushed. Like to, to kind of come back to Len's point, it it runs sequentially it feels correct for that to happen yeah immediately like if um if it if the cold open was her at king's landing killing everyone you'd yeah. be like what the fuck what's happened here <laughs> have i missed something yeah. or da, na, 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 na. <laughs> yeah what's gonna happen in this season now the other thing is as well the um like as as book readers we've obviously been sitting on our anger for the phrase for a long time yeah like a, a long long time we've been waiting for that for ages so um nice to to get it under the belt to kick off the season i think very much so let's talk about the second key moment in the in the show in the season of season seven which is daenerys returning to dragonstone her ancestral seat the uh, from which the three targaryens that conquered westeros over 300 years before the events of game of thrones basically uh based themselves thoughts on danny finally crossing the narrow sea and landing into some part of Westeros. It's not technically, she's not on the mainland, but mm. she's closer than she's ever been, Lucy. It's a nice touch. It's a nice moment. For me, um, it didn't carry maybe as much weight as you're describing because she's, ne- <laughs> she's never been to Westeros. It's great to see her in Westeros, but for me, the link to the ancestral home, it's not something we've really seen as much. Mm. Um, mm. But it's nice, it's nice just to see her, uh, what, on Westeros? Because... 
it just shows you that she means business and she's here. I agree. I think um, as as viewers, like uh, it feels like the other side of um, the water is her home. Mm. She's been there for so long now. Like, yeah. It's um, breaker of chains and if, uh, everything she did over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like when. If Sansa, when she first went back into Winterfell, yeah. did that same thing of like gripping the the mud and the ground, um, yes, like um, Daenerys does with with the with the beach, very gladiator. Um, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Um, she takes her mask off. Um, <laughs> Are you not entertained? Oh my god, Jesus! Um, no, I'm not. I want my money back from Patreon. Um, but uh, it's. Um, it was underwhelming. It didn't like it, it's. It didn't it's, whelm me. Well, there you go. Whelm done. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, it, it was. Uh, it missed the beat for me, I think. Um, but there's not but, been that connection for us between her and Dragonstone. Like watching it with a Shonley, as we mentioned uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> she was like, is, is that where. Uh, isn't that where Stannis was? Is that where he was? I was like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. like, oh, that's where she was born and that's where she was swept away and all of this. Mm. It's kind of... Yeah. It doesn't it's have hard, that though. same... Like, it's hard. What you said, John, about Sansa, when she went back to Winterfell um, and when she ended up meeting up with John, I think I like literally cried. Yeah, yeah And that, that has great. so much more meaning, but this is just like... It's nice. I'm mm. glad they did it like that, but it didn't yeah. have any like moving elements for me. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. I actually, I totally agree with both of you, but... You also have to think, like, you, you say, oh, there was no, this is where she's from or anything. But if you have that in there, if you have a bit of dialogue with, I don't know, Daenerys talking to Miss Ande being like, so this is my ancestral home and my family have been here for generate, We'd all have a go at it for being exposition-y and shit dialogue. True. So it's, it is hard to, to build that background in, yeah, yeah. in the show. Uh, and um, I, do, I do think they've mentioned elements of that before like Varys has certainly mentioned the fact that she was you know Varys. well Varys or Varys however you want to say it well, it varies. Varys in the, in the show. <laughs> uh, he's, mentioned, he's mentioned before that she was taken away you know for safety from Dragonstone across the narrow sea and put into the population with Illyrio Mopatis and that lot at Pentos right <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. we know that information it's just such a long time ago where I is think he that's like season yeah. one what Illyrio yeah where is he Fuck knows. Living it up in this. That's mad that he's not back in this. It is mad, but you it, never know. for Shonleys, they probably don't remember but who Illyrio is. The yeah. Really, it's more for, for Shonleys and just generally for any viewer, it's more, oh, Daenerys is in Westeros rather than Daenerys is in Dragonstone. I think mm. the meaning is that she is actually, finally, after all these seasons, she is in Westeros. I don't think the meaning of Dragonstone is conveyed that much. Mm. But I don't think it matters because she's here and that's what matters. Yeah. Well, she does say at the end of that episode, she does say, shall we begin? Which I think is a very nice line over the painted table. Very, very nicely done. Yeah. And a great way to kick off the season, especially with someone like Tyrion by her side. So after Danny arrives at Dragonstone, Mm. the biggest fan fiction moment to reference something that Gareth mentioned earlier is clearly when John and Danny meet for the first time. Oh, yeah. Gareth, what were your thoughts on this fan fiction moment? <sighs> um, well, sounds disappointed. This is <laughs> <laughs> um, this is this is one of yeah one of those key fan fiction moments. But 
in in the show's defense it was it's always going to happen isn't it like we're not going to have we're not going to go through game of thrones without those two meeting um so it it comes from the right place it's it's underwhelming i guess in the sense that these are the two main characters probably that that people get behind as well as Tyrion, i suppose and we've been waiting for it for such a long time and they they meet and I don't know. I don't know what I expected, but for them to just sort of be like, hello. Yes, hello. Do you want to help me out? <laughs> no, I don't. And that's kind of, that's, that's the, that's, that's how the meeting goes. Well, there is that hilarious moment, Gaz. I, I, I think we do need to talk about it where John basically just walks in and it's like a kind of bit of a comical moment. Like, Danny's sitting there on her throne, Tyrion and Missandei's sitting there. Then they read out literally every title that she has. Yeah. It goes on for about a minute. And then Davos yeah. just goes, this is the king of the north. And it's quite funny, yeah. but that's yeah. what you mean. It's just quite, it's a bit weird. It's a bit of a weird moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah a little bit. Because, um, I mean, I, I guess that's that's to show the difference between, um, you know, the attitudes of the north and um, the Targaryens who are like this big grand um like fantastical uh f- bloodline versus the 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 northmen who although they have magic in them they're they're <laughs> very much more <laughs> they do have magic right, in them like john that. is correct He's they do have magic correct. in them um and but despite that they're very much down to earth and of the people um i guess it shows that doesn't it but yeah i don't know i, I think they they work out they work out the relationship quite well. I, I do like the development of it, but that initial meeting again, it's just one of those slightly underwhelming moments. I reckon. I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was underwhelmed, but I think it's been built you up so whelmed. much that I was whelmed. I think um, <laughs> it's been built up so much that any kind of their first meeting was always going to probably underwhelm a lot of people. But I quite liked it, and I did think the chemistry was evident even from then. There, there was like a subtle. You know, they're sizing each other up in one way or another. Um, and I liked it. And I think they actually play off quite well together because John has always got to be so <laughs> dark and he's always around ugly men. And suddenly he's got like some nice, nice looking... Are you talking about me? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it fits, if the boot fits. But I think for for John just to have like a female influence, like, you know, he'd be on the wall and... At the wall, he hasn't had to do any of that. Mm. I mean, he had a uh, what's her name, Melisandre. Egret. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Egret. Other than that, Egret. You know, I think it's nice to have a, like a feminine foil for him to bounce off against. Mm. Yeah, as it were. I thought it was all right. Mm. I, I, um, uh, I mean, what are people expecting? Yeah, Gaz. Like, yeah. It, it, like no, Jon no, Snow uh, walks in, and then Daenerys is like, "Oh fucking hell, you behind him." Oh my god, you're Jon Snow, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh, you're right." <laughs> Like I mean, it's it is what it is. Um, yeah. It kind no, of felt natural. I think uh, I think you're right in the sense that the Northmen are very like they just get on with it. Whereas Daenerys comes from, she's clearly got like that royal background yeah. where it is all um, mm. titles. Yeah, yeah, all entitled. Very, so, she does seem very entitled in that yeah. scene. It's yeah. quite arrogant, you know. But that's fine. That's her character. She's come through a lot, and, she, and she's done a lot. She's done a lot to get to the stage that she's at. 
So, and so is John, to be fair, but John is still so humble in the way that he comes across. Mm. Yeah. Let's move and on. And Davos is like a proud father. And Davos scene, is, he? is like so, a proud father. We've yeah. always, oh. one of our favourite uh, joke theories here is that Davos is secretly John's dad. Fact. Fact, apparently. But that's been put to bed this season. So let's continue. Oh, yeah. Definitely a joke theory. We don't genuinely believe that. That John, could still be true, could, I think. Maybe. Stepdad. Yeah. Absolute. Well, he is like a stepdad in in a way. He took a heart for his. He took a knife in the heart for his people, and also he's my son. <laughs> oh, what's that last bit? Don't worry about it. Um, so Arya returns to Winterfell. This is excellent stuff. The only thing that makes this quite bittersweet is the fact that we still haven't had the John and Arya reunion. But what we did get when she returned to Winterfell was a Sansa reunion, which was quite nice. Mm. And we also got an awesome little battle between her and Brienne when they were training. Do you not think that Arya and Sansa, just skipping ahead a little bit, do do you not think that reunion was a bit weird? It felt very cold in comparison to what I expected it to be because obviously when they were younger... Too funny. In, well, but when they were younger, they, they really didn't like each other, right? And As sisters, though. As sisters, though. But now, after reuniting all this remember time... what they've been through with regards to, I mean, like Sansa essentially getting her... Well, Ned her killed. own Her own dog killed. And, her own wolf killed yeah. and all of that. And Ned killed. Yeah. And Ned. And is that the, yeah, is that the worst bit? Is that the worst no, bit or is it Ned? I'm building up to it. And, uh, and Arya sees Sansa <laughs> it's not a dog, it's a as being wolf. under... Yeah, I know, it's a dog. Fucking like, hack. <laughs> not quite that. But She okay. got her dog killed. The dog got put the down. The wolf lady. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think, if you think about it, like Arya probably... <clears throat> excuse Jesus. me. Arya probably sees Sansa still... She saw her, her at the side of Joffrey, like the worst human. Mm. Um, you've got her... Not only her dad, but Micah the Baker boy murdered. Butcher oh, boy. Don't worry about him. But I just think there's still that lingering kind of resentment. Maybe a little bit. A little bit, but I think the way mm. that it worked was good because it wasn't just like, oh my God, it's so good to see you. It's like we've both been through a fuck ton. That and... would have been annoying if she'd have went, yeah. oh my God, it's so good to see you. Yeah. yeah. Have you been? Famously, they are best friends in real life and they literally do everything together. If you look at their Instagram oh, channels. Stalker. They well, are best friend goals. They are best friend goals, so I'm just saying. But it is good that there is that sort of tension between them because that delicately plays out for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. as we'll get on to later. As we progress through mm. the season, we are jumping just to the key moments here, remember? Key. Uh, we find a battle ensuing, obviously, between Daenerys and Cersei and the Lannister army and that of Daenerys' army. And Tyrion makes a couple of serious tactical blunders, which make him look like an idiot at times and make him look like an absolute fool, correct? Yes. The decision to take Casterly Rock backfires. The whole fleet is basically destroyed. It's a trap by Cersei. And Daenerys is not left with many options. Not only that, Elena and the Reach and the Tyrells, as well as the Sand Snakes, are pretty much defeated by Jaime. Mm. The Sand Snakes captured by uh, Euron... And Jamie goes to the the seat of the Tyrells and captures Elena and gives her some poison to mm. drink because he doesn't want to take her back to Cersei. And this is where we get one of the most excellent mm-hmm. moments in the season, which is Elena's last words to Jamie, confessing that it was her who poisoned Joffrey all those years ago at this stage. Uh, and she says, tell Cersei... It was me. She says, mm. I want her to know it was ha, me. Ha, yeah, ha. very good, Lucy, yeah. And so, then she laughs. Then she laughs like that. Ha, 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 ha. ha, ha, ha. I think ha, ha, ha. it's actually, 
I don't know if it's just age, but um, Diana Rigg as Elena Tyrell, it just she's like a real person. It's like a real a real character yeah. that you're watching there. That's yeah. good when, acting. I know, I know it is, but <laughs> compared to a lot, oh my of, god, like, she looks so real. People, you're watching it, and it's just. When she's talking, when even when like earlier in the season when she's with Daenerys and she's like giving her advice, etc. And it, throughout the seasons that we've seen her in, it's such a performance, and she really gives this this sort of just the persona of someone that has really lived this life, and it's not all just yeah. you know yeah. dragons and tits as as people call Game of Thrones. This is like grounded <laughs> in reality. Who's that? I, think Ian, and I think Ian McShane called it that after oh, being in fair it. Fair enough, wanker. Um, no, legend. good actor though. Very good actor. This. Like scene with mm. her and Jamie, Jamie the errand boy, just gets sent to do this shit. It's ridiculous. Anyway, well, it's <laughs> it's it's an amazing, and it is like such a highlight of the season. I think she's a bit like a character that you could imagine in like a slightly more realistic drama, yeah, like that's the Tudors what I mean. or whatever, <clears throat> or yeah. in history, yeah. in real history. Oh yeah, that's a thing too. Yeah, yeah, real, real history. Very yeah. good. The um the line that where she's like, not at all what I intended. That is just like, oh, yeah. fucking hell. Yeah. Ruthless. Ab- absolutely ruthless. And just think about all the memes that came out of so this good. scene. So many it's, cats. It's so many cat memes. It's just <laughs> hilarious. So so many memes. Memes. Meme. Meme. Oh, meme. Uh, lovely stuff. Let's move on to what I think is the most iconic moment of the season, in, in, in my mind at least, which is that of the loot train battle scene, which happens in season <clears throat> seven, episode four, mm. The Spoils of War. Oh, fair. Mm. I thought you were going to say when Grey Worm goes down on... Um, Miss Ande. <laughs> you know my feelings towards that. And it's nothing against that, that action. It's just that they're brother and sister in the book, so it makes no sense to me at all. Mm. But uh, the loot train attack came literally out of nowhere. Because oh yeah, episode four, episode four, episode four, and you're getting this huge set piece where we're finally seeing Danny not only ride a dragon into battle, but against mm. other key characters. And also, the Dothraki. Yes, are fucking in Westeros. In Westeros, <clears throat> they look so cool. They looked oh amazing. My God. You're meeting them in the field. What are you doing? I mean, they yeah. have no choice. But yeah. Brilliant, that, that, that is just insane. And that is true. Robert Baratheon mm. always said a madman would meet the Dothraki on an open field mm. because the amount of you know cavalry and horsepower they have, they would just turn over anybody. Yeah. You've got those Dothraki screamers coming over the hill, mm. that amazing noise that swells. La, 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 and you've la, got Bron, <laughs> Jamie, and the Tarleys, your, your brethren, John, uh, <laughs> standing there just waiting for this noise. And you see them arrive over the hill and then Drogon it's appears insane. out of nowhere. And then Drogon comes over and Drogon goes, they've taught him how to do that. It's terrifying. The best bit, I mean, obviously the spectacle is incredible, but you're watching it and you're like, yeah, Danny, yeah, Drogon. It's like, do not kill Jamie. Do not, do not kill, kill Ron or Jamie. Yeah. And then you can see yeah. like Tyrion's in the same situation as us. He's like, run, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Right, like, and you can see Jamie's, I'm going to pick up the spear. And it's, it's so unusual to watch something and not be like, yeah, go fuck, fuck them all up. You're like, fuck them up, but don't fuck these people up because it, you're not you're not on any side, really. Mm. But it's the second callback to Robert Baratheon. So the first one, obviously, is only a, a madman would meet the Dothraki in an open field. Mm. And the second one is him saying some poor boy decided that he could end the war by trying to, to yes, kill him. very mm. much so. Um, and obviously Jamie being that, moron that tries yeah. to 
fucking on a, a horse hero. for god's sake take on a dragon and daenerys yeah, yeah. silly very silly man it, it is silly but he it just goes to show the honor that jamie still holds within his heart for the trade that he's in you know he is a he, he's a king's guard that is his mm. job he is meant to be very chivalrous and yeah. jamie throughout the books and throughout the show and especially in the show has not really been given enough of that chivalry those moments to be chivalrous at the you know in the current storyline mm. which is why i think in this new season he's finally going to be able to do that when he rides north hopefully yeah. and fights for the side of the living Wee. and not with cersei because she's gone absolutely mental but for jamie it was nice to have that moment for him but that moment where Tyrion questions him on the hill like you fucking idiot yeah, you know yeah. you fucking idiot run fly you fool <laughs> fly you fools um, but obviously Bron saves him so it's okay but it is the first time that we have key characters fighting each other in a massive open battle that we care about and mm. we don't know who we want to survive well we know who wants to win but we don't know who wants to survive yes. you know um, the Tarleys, obviously. Well, yeah, Rickon. Oh, no, gosh. sorry, Dickon. Dickon. Dickon and Randall. Randall the Dick and Dickon just a nice guy who Randall was actually dick, in yeah. um, Umbrella Academy now, so he's done all and right. And he was in um, an Amy Schumer film that I watched <laughs> oh, on Netflix. Yeah, this is why you listen to that podcast for those sorts of insights. <laughs> Garbage. So away from the battles now, which is obviously a very, very massive spectacle, but talking about other massive things sam decides to leave the citadel mm. so uh samuel tarley has been sort of stuck in the citadel basically doing odds and ends random jobs for the maesters mm. i mean you say random jobs he's emptying fucking shit pans and mm. it is disgusting it's it, a bedpan it's a bedpan well it's full of shit but it's meant for the bed so <laughs> anyway. well, it's, it's gross is my point yeah so it's not a very nice task for him to be doing when it he's trying be... to learn yeah yeah, yeah. No, that's true he does have some very important interactions though within the citadel Ooh. he does manage to cure oh. grayscale overnight amazing pretty amazing considering no one's really been able to do that for ever basically <laughs> i have a slight issue with this right like they're like oh, oh what could the cure for grayscale be oh god i can't i wonder if there is one hmm Turns out that the cure for it is to just cut it off. That's not a cure. That's just cutting it off. Yeah, good point. He does put a... Uh, little paste on it. Poultice. Yeah, he does put a little bit of um, of cream on there. Yeah, Savlon. <laughs> Savlon. Right. Very good. anti bit of Savlon and a knife. That's hor- that is horrific, though. That, yeah. That's and it's, it's not nice. It's very well cut, that scene, because you've cut. got the pus coming out of the wound and then someone the cracking into, like, a pie, oh, yeah. and it is... Just beautifully edited, but it is fucking disgusting. It's weird how they... So it's not the first time they do the editing. So when he's obviously cleaning out all the shitty bedrooms... Yeah, that's true. There's someone with the soup. Yeah, Yeah. what's going on? Imagine if someone went to take a piss. (laughs) Well, what are they... Here's your What is this, man? I quite like it. Yeah, it was bizarre, but they only did it with, with Samwell. Yeah, relief. and they're trying yeah. to make him more interesting because let's face it, compared to like we just moved off the loot train and we're talking about the Citadel, it's mm. not that interesting. I mean, it is interesting, I mean, but it's not as... The Jorah being cured, I, I'm interested That was excellent, that. yeah. That was excellent to have him back. My, uh, my heart was warmed by, I mean, Samwell is just, what a guy. What yeah. a guy, yeah. But it's, it's the bit where he goes, he offers to shake his hand and it's like... That Princess Diana... Well, the AIDS let's victims. not. Well, let's not talk about Princess Diana and AIDS. How has that Thrones got podcast. into this? No, but that. But so when he offered his hand after curing him of this awful disease, that just warmed my heart. That was the, one yeah. of the most beautiful moments of the season. Yeah, and that resonated more than 
you know, Danny going home. Yeah. Because it, it meant something. And yeah. Jorah is such a good character. We love him. Um, Ian Glenn, amazing actor, lovely voice on the man. And if Handsome you, man. Yeah, very lovely man. Um, if you go back to the first season of Samwell, you just watch it and just go, can they just kill him off? Because he's just so Is that a spin-off series? Craven. Just that, yeah, he's just a moron. Just I'll piss off, mate. Um, but look at him. That. Look at him bad. now. If anything, like all this stuff in the Citadel, I bet that's the closest the show is coming to the book. I do think that mm. is a very good shout. I mean, the Citadel is, is where we're at in the books at the moment with Samwell there requesting to be a maester and to learn the trade. And that's mm. the last place that we left him. Yeah, so there's, forget all the Jorah stuff. Forget all the Jorah stuff because that, that hasn't is. happened also, yet. Also, we've got Jim Broad then, which is a lovely little cameo Amazing bonus. Amazing cameo really bonus. Cameo, but just, it's just nice to have him in mm. anything. He is a fantastic actor as well. Yeah. And having him as the grand maester mm. was brilliant. Yeah. And him and Samwell together had some excellent scenes and some excellent discussions but Samwell does decide to leave the Citadel and that is a major moment because he's forsaking this opportunity to become a maester he feels that he's learnt the tools necessary to go and help John back up you know at the wall he can cure grayscale he can cure grayscale he can do anything He's a confident man. Look, he's killed a White Walker. He's had sex. He's had sex. Has he had sex yet? He's looking on. Yeah, 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 yeah. big time. Yeah, big yeah. time. Oh, That's yeah. That's why he's so confident. He's like, yeah. you know what? He's been fucking the maesters. <laughs> oh, gee. Yeah. We, that's, how do they cut that one together? What would you... <laughs> Oh Jesus! Right. His beard. Let's um, move on. Yeah. Let's move on to what we called when we first covered this: the sort of Westeros Avengers assemble <laughs> sequence. <laughs> and <laughs> very good. Uh, and the journey to capture a Bring white. Bring me Drogon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you actually see this written down and we haven't obviously because it's not out yet in a book but if you would just imagine you were you were reading this and you read the idea that john and a band of merry soldiers who we know very well like the hound merry men that's That's fine yeah uh like the hound beric dondarian (laughs) thoros of mir gendry are all going north of the wall and jorah going north torment and torment and the hound going north of the wall to capture a white and bring it back to show to Cersei, what would you think? And the four randomers that we don't know who they are. Yeah. Well, they're just cannon for them. Hello, we, we're here. We're here to be killed immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was quite obvious. But if yeah. you read that, seriously, like, because genuinely, I believe this is going to happen. Gendredly. Gendredly. I you believe think, this is going to happen, gonna happen in, the books, in the books. So what do you think about it? <laughs> nah, I don't. Do you reckon it's going to happen in the book? I reckon nah, 110% I, this is happening in the book. I think it's, I think it's not... It's not Martiny, is it? It's not Groomy. I don't. I don't see it happening. You say it's not Martiny, but at the same time, he did. <laughs> he did base a lot of his work off of the work of Tolkien. This is very much a fellowship. This is very much a journey to go. Yeah. And, you know, it is. It feels to me oh, hold on, like this like, would be something that he might write. But the fellowship is the story. Like, no, the, I mean, this is just an element of the story. No, that's what I mean. He's he's borrowing an element from it, but. But my... Well, no, the borrowers aren't in it as well. Oh, though. That's not God. Tolkien, is it? They, they die instantly. <laughs> Little fellas. Instantly. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, I do think this is definitely happening in the books. What do you think about it in general? John, you're not a fan of this whole sequence. However, you did say that some of the moments in this episode oh, yeah, are yeah, yeah. excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Like, look, um, there's a bit where uh, Jorah basically gives John that sword. 
gives it back to him because John offers it to him because it is the so long claw to anyone who doesn't remember is the ancestral sword of the Mormons actually mm. um, it gets put a wolf pommel on it because John saves the Lord Commander back in season one from a white he could barely believe it he could barely believe it he gets a Valyrian steel <laughs> oh, sword <laughs> yeah yeah and then yeah, but- he offers it back to Jorah and Jorah gives it back to him because Jorah is obviously the heir to the Mormon you know Bear Island the yeah. Mormon moment keep i can barely uh, believe that it's unbearable um (laughs) but uh well look um i think there's a little bit where he's like do you know what um i for i forsake this blade so you can take it but i'm now i can have danny yeah definitely john's like well i'm having both he's like (laughs) oh come on mate (laughs) so i think there is there's a little bit of that to be honest I've never seen a man happier than Jorah when John sunk into that ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John! Yeah. Oh, he's gone. He's, he's coming back. No, he's gone. Let's go. No, he's definitely dead. We have to leave immediately. Come and they on. were like, he is definitely dead. <laughs> <laughs> he climbed oh, out of the good. war and said, what are you worried about? Gareth, Gareth did you uh, like the Beyond the Wall stuff? Did you like, what was your favourite scene from this episode, Beyond the Wall? The premise is stupid, but... Um, but yeah, like once you're, once we're over there, you get into it, and um, some of the best stuff there actually is the the little relationships that build out of nowhere. That, oh, you know, it's funny. It's funny having like having like Tormund and the Hound together and stuff, and um, and Thoris and Tormund, and they're all drinking, and they they're great characters that you don't you don't. You never, you never, you've never seen them together, and it's great to see how that works out. Um, so I like the relationship building beyond the wall, actually, yeah. um, I, as I, much I, as the action scenes. I reckon my favourite moment of that episode is when uh, Beric Dondarrion, for some reason, they've decided that he's now a worthwhile character, so he starts getting some really cool dialogue. Yeah, boy. And he says, cool. he says to to John. Um, about coming back and uh, they're talking about their kind of part to play in this story. Um, and Beric says something along the lines of, you know, we'll we'll try as, as hard as we can. I mean, it's nowhere near as shit as this, but, you know, he goes, uh, maybe you can insert this audio. <laughs> it's a 10-year-old um, boy again. It goes, uh, let's do, let's do them all. And then John goes, aye. No, he basically says, um, uh, he says, look, uh, <laughs> this is so annoying that I can't remember the dialogue, but it's something along the lines let's, of... Let's act it out, John. Let's, let's act it out. Go on. <laughs> he goes, um, we'll we'll do our best and we'll save as many as we can and maybe that's enough. <laughs> yeah, nice line. Um, and John says, aye, maybe that's enough. Yeah, that's nice, true. Good, <laughs> yeah. good acting again. I loved it. It was yeah. so good. Um, and it was way better than that because they had a script and I didn't, even if it was written by Michael Bay. Yeah, that's very true. And Lucy, big fan, Beyond the Wall? I mean, I agree that it, the concept is stupid, but watching it, again, as I said, fairly reactive person watching it, I think I cried. Like, I was like, oh my God, it's just amazing. I love it. They're all there. And oh, it's just, there's a polar bear and blah, all that crap. What and is your obsession with polar bear? It was, I thought that was scary. Why do you so love scary. that? I, I, didn't, like, I didn't like scary. that. I the way it was, it was in the distance and suddenly it was there. If and, you listen back to our podcast, we were very critical of the, a very fan critical of the Ooh. polar bear sequence i've forgotten about that and i all i remember is that i was like very moved 
Buy it. <laughs> Buy a polar bear. Just the, the peril. There you go. It is stupid, the whole like idea and the whole execution, but it's also very enjoyable. But clearly the polar bear scene was gearing us up for something that we're going to come on to next, which is the death. Oh, my. And the other polar res- bear. No, the death and resurrection of Viserion. Fuck! All right, not Thoros. This is like... No, not Thoros. All right. So another creature gets reanimated, and it's because Danny and she swoops in to rescue John and the band of Merry Men. They WhatsApped her. They WhatsApped her. And she just came, picked him up. Well, no, they did send Gendry back, and as we know, he's the fastest man in the world. He's not built for speed, (laughs) not him. Jesus, mate. You've seen him with his top off. He's in good nick, mate. I know, mm. but that's not speed, is it? Could be. That's endurance. Anyway. Viserion gets taken down by another Olympic sport, which is um, the Night King throwing the javelin. Yep. Unbelievable shot on that man. Yeah, very, good. Very, very good. Shot. Yeah. very good. Very good shot. Um, <clears throat> very cool. Very cool. And that scream that the dragon makes is horrendous. <laughs> mm. yeah, well, just like that. This this whole this whole bit is like, um, it's like it's like one of those really shit stag parties, isn't it? Where you know, like, it all gets it all gets a little bit out of hand, right? With with the boys, and then suddenly the bride comes along with her hens party, and they meet up. That's what Danny's doing. She's crashing the <laughs> stag party with and her dragon. It's yeah. with her dragon. And it's always going to go this horribly wrong. Like when that happens, you're going to end up with you're going to end up with people mixing that shouldn't mix. In this and analogy, who is the dragon, and that ends up being an undead dragon? An Uber, maybe? Is it an uh, Uber? No, no, <laughs> maid of honor, maid of honor. Dragon is the maid of honor, and then and tears down the wall of ends like, up... sanctimony of marriage. What? <laughs> no, she, the maid of honor ends up getting with the best man, who is the Night King, who. Ooh. And that's what the javelin represents. To... Okay, I've got you. Yeah, Correct. javelin. Yep. We all know that one is. Now she's on mm. on his side. Okay, you've made it work, actually, guys. Well done. Anyway, so after Thank that you. terrible analogy, uh, Viserion is resurrected. Mental. And that's the end of episode six. We see the Night King put his hand on Viserion. Where they get the, where they get the chains from? We won't talk about that because it annoys all of us. Um, <laughs> drag the dragon out. and Dragging the dragon. Drag the dragon. Drag... That sounds like a stag dude, to yeah, be honest. Fair enough. That's why it's called a dragon. <laughs> And uh, what were your thoughts when Viserion was resurrected, though? Shit, shit, son. And the movement, yeah, like, this he's is like, worse. He's like turbo. childhood flashbacks. <laughs> oh no! But just like, what's that? Oh, like it's like ultra frequency, like the movement and the, the horrible cries and the blue flames and the wall. It's all crazy. Mm. It was mad, mm. wasn't it? But you could see it happening, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it did actually take me massively by surprise. I, I didn't think wow. that that would necessarily happen. But we are going to get some sweet dragon v. dragon action in season eight. Mm. Two against one. We all know. Well, but that one seems faster now. Viserion. Drogon is bigger and more powerful. Bigger. And I reckon two of them. I don't know. Who knows? I think I think by I the reckon... end of it, all of the dragons will die. That's what I think. Ah, good. So, again. negative. Well, they'll come together, won't they, and make a song of ice and fire. Well, very much so, Gareth. Very much so. Let's talk about the event straight after that. John 
somehow scrambles his way out of the ice pool, is saved by Cold Hands, who sacrifices himself, and we now know is Benjen. Uncle Benjen, which is Uncle amazing, Benjen. amazing news. Sacrifices himself. John rides is back it to the wall. Amazing news because he dies straight away. No, it's great that John yeah. finally got to be reunited with him. His uncle saves his life. Then it's nice to know. Horribly. Yeah, it doesn't matter though, Uncle does it? Benjen. <laughs> but he gets back to the wall. Hello. <laughs> what does that hello, mean? how are you? What, when he gets back to the wall? Hiya, hiya, ben, no, that's what Benjen, Benjen hello. says to him. He says, hello, I'm, I'm Uncle Benjen. You right. remember me? Um, AKA he... Cold Hands. Go on, go on the horse. You haven't got time. What do you mean? Moose, What's going on? Well, it's a moose in the book. It's a moose in the book. It's, no, a, it's horse a horse in the, in the show. show. An elk. Yep, correct. Anyway, <laughs> John gets back to the wall. They rip off his clothes. They literally do do that yeah. whilst he's in bed because they're well, all frozen. Someone else is wearing his clothes. They rip them off. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, then when he when he awakes, Danny is there tending to him, tending mm. to his his wounds and his hypothermia because he would definitely have hypothermia. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, he he bends the knee. And I'm just going to put this in there now because I think whilst they're on a boat, we may as well talk about it. They do end up having boat sex. Thoughts. Survivor well, sex. Isn't it just called sex? <laughs> it's boat sex. What, what do you think about that? Isn't boat sex having sex with a boat? No, they have sex on the boat, guys. Uh, yeah, it's quite a nice moment, I think. I mean, Tyrion lurking, looking worried. I didn't like their sex, um, obviously, because it happens at the exact same time that he's like, that's his aunt. Yeah, so you're finding out... Bran, are you watching this? Yeah, Bran. <laughs> Bran. Yeah, because we, we haven't talked much about Bran, but he's gone full full Free-Eyed Raven, full crazy. Full Google. Let me just do a background check Cosmic. on my... Uh, Let's go back to that bit later, because that is very good. But in terms of bending the knee, uh, again, you just think, why have you not done that earlier? You know, that I always said he should have just done it and everyone went, no, no, no. And I said, just do it's it. It's a tough one because obviously from Sansa's perspective and from the Northman's perspective, at this point, it does seem like weakness. It does seem like they've finally got their independence back. And yet now, once again, they are bending the but knee to another ruler. No, they haven't. But that's what I mean. So he's got to he think about no their choice. perspective. Yes. But he has to think about the perspective of the Northman, which is extremely important. Only Torren Stark has ever knelt before. And it was because of the dragons. Mm. But they don't know about the dragons. There's precedent. They, yes. they do know their dragons exist. Like, they just in, don't they know, know they're the here, dragons but they haven't they seen them. And yeah, they can't exactly. comprehend I mean, really, it would bring ruin to the House of Stark if he said no. If he if he refused, as much as she fancies him, um, ultimately, I mean, we see what she, we saw what she did to Randall and Dickon. Fucking Dickon, Dickon. We're not bringing Dickon into this again. Anyway, no, no, no. let's crack on. Don't it's Dick off. Come up, because that's pretty savage. <laughs> right, let's crack on. The death of Littlefinger at Winterfell. Major moment considering that Peter Baelish was such a integral character in the books and the show. In the show, he's more overt with his sort of motivations, whereas in the book, it's a lot more, you have to guess. Covert. Covert, yeah, you have to guess what he's doing. You don't really hear him give these speeches about chaos being a ladder and all of this sort of stuff. So we don't really know his grand intentions. And in the book, he's still very much alive because the book's obviously not up to the point of the show. Mm. The death of Littlefinger for me was a massive, massive moment because it always seemed like he was going to be this huge player. He's like essentially the the ruler of the Arryn family at this stage, mm. you know, the Knights of the Vale, a massive army that has not at all been decimated by the War of the Five Kings and the subsequent wars around it. They have hidden from the from the wars and the Vale army is supposed to be one of the most formidable armies in terms of armour, cavalry, yeah. Yeah. all of these Experience. things. Experience. Mm-hmm. So he had a massive army that was not even scathed at this point and now he's gone. 
Mm. And now the, the Vale, you know, the Vale of Arryn and the, the armies of Arryn are within the Stark house. That's yep. pretty cool, isn't it? it? He earned his death here, though, as well. Like, uh, yeah, army army aside and, and the power that, that the power shift that that gives is is pretty cool but fucking hell throughout this entire series little finger lurking around corners like a scooby-doo villain <laughs> that pissed me off so much i it, it, he obviously for everything he's earned that death but just in this season alone you're like oh my god what a little wanker to and be then... to be fair though season one I did tell you not to trust me. Yeah. Why are you saying that in open court? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can never look good after that. No. Everyone else I would have gotten away with it like, too. Oh, fucking hell, that's a bit rough. But in this this season particularly and throughout, he just thinks he's so much smarter than everyone else. And that was his well, downfall. Well, he has been. He has been for I know, a long time. but he thinks... I mean, they are they're essentially still children or very young adults. And he thinks he can play Sansa in particular, like a fiddle. And that's... I mean, <laughs> they didn't realise about a little fucking... Google Plus in the, in the background brand. Like, can you just look Google up? Plus. Oh, yeah, hey, Google Plus. What did Littlefinger even... say to uh, yeah. my father when he put can a knife just, to his can throat? Can you just check? Okay, this. But I, I just love the fact that he thinks he's so smart. He thinks he's the puppet master. He's got the upper hand. And this, I mean, I, when I watched it, I mean, I didn't see it coming. I, I was watching it in kind of, like I said, a state of awe. Um, and I absolutely love this scene when it flips around. Because there are times when you don't know if Sansa trusts Arya. And I didn't actually think she would sentence her to death but at the same time you don't know what's going to happen and because it is game of thrones anything can happen so to see it flip around like that and to see the stark kids united against our common enemy i loved it and you are right about one thing there Luz, for sure which one just one which is that Littlefinger doesn't really believe in the mystic arts or magic because he's never really encountered it before Whereas now, not only has he underestimated Sansa's growth as a character and the way that she is now a master manipulator, he has you know, underestimated the fact that Bran has the ability to see all things from pretty much any timeline, which is absolutely mad. And the fact that Arya is essentially an assassin. Mm. So he has completely underestimated them to his downfall. I think he thought... Because there's the scene where Aya fights Brown or Brienne, where Aya fights Brienne, um, and Sansa's watching, and he kind of like sidles up, and you can tell he thinks he can use that, that kind of Aya's mysterious martial arts, to kind of get to drive the wedge further between her and Sansa. And same with Brown being fucking weird and just being so otherworldly. He thinks, oh right, there's loads of ways I can manipulate that so that Sansa mm. becomes mine. I can strengthen my own position. No, they're family and you complete, you don't have a family. So you completely underestimated yeah. that blood is actually thicker than water, Littlefinger. And on that note, let's move on to the two <laughs> last elements of the season, which are excellent, which was something that is mad again once you see it, which is the grand meeting at King's Landing between all of the major leaders. Shit, yeah. So much happens. You're right, Gareth. Like, Almost too much mm. happens. I mean, mm. that meeting, yeah. when you actually watched it, is incredible who you've actually got interacting for the first time. You've got John and Cersei interacting for the first time. Mm. Danny arriving on Drogon, <laughs> stepping into the meeting like, and what? You know, it's pretty cool. Uh, and you finally see the white that they've captured and it does genuinely Whoa, shock... let me out! Let me out! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does genuinely shock people like Jamie. You know, even Cersei, even though she decides to be a dick about it. Just two people. And Kyburn is there, like, got an erection over it. Because oh he's, yeah. like, loving he's it. 
Mm, look, it's still moving. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. uh, what did you guys think about that meeting? I mean, it is, once again, an insane thing that you just wouldn't believe would happen in the books. Yeah, I mean, the Dragon Pit, you know, cool place to have it. Very cool. Um, and uh, again, you know, I, I have said that the Hound is, I think he's my favourite character. I think he's like, because he, he's not an obvious one. Um, and obviously he's a McCann as well. But I, I think he has an interesting uh, character arc. I just mm. think it, it was sped along a little bit too much in, in this season. But but that part where he walks up to his brother and is like, you know, you know I'm coming for you, oh, brother. Oh, my God. Game bowl. Blah, 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 blah. And his brother's looking oh. at him like, yeah, 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 I think I was getting on. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, but you're right, all the little interactions... Um, the looks, just the looks between some of those characters are just very so amazing. dirty looks, as yeah. you would expect. Cersei's like, actually, he's much better than I thought. Uh, he much better looking. Used to go out with Lena Headey. Yep. So he's not allowed to be in that scene. That's yeah. Li- so that's hilarious. He's famous. <laughs> that- but that, when that actually happened, I thought, what the fuck is happening? Like, it's like he's going away to protect himself. Some shit's gonna go down. Well, no, it's cause just contractual. Yeah, is Jerome Flynn and Lena Headey hate each other because of a past relationship? They're not allowed to be in the same scene. They've only shared one scene in the whole of the seven seasons mm. that they've they've been together. So that is quite a funny little tidbit for you listeners there. If you didn't yeah, know that yeah. one already, um, I think we should now move it on to the fact that the wall falls down. The very last thing <laughs> that we see this season, the there'll burn, be more. Than that. It, well, they just fall down. No, we didn't. Oh. No, to be, to be fair. Oh no, it's absolutely decimated. How has this happened? Absolutely decimated <laughs> by Viserion and the Night King. Thoughts? Yeah, they get the uh, they get the the handyman in. He's like, well, I think your problem is probably <laughs> that that dragon up there. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty mad though. Um, all that magic. The Thousands of years of magic that are that's woven into the wall yeah. to stop them from getting through to the other side. The only thing that can bring it down, apparently, is some. It was the horn. Of, the horn of Euromund, oh, the, which the, is ho- rumored. The, the horn, yeah. No one knows about that, and no one actually believes Maybe that's the true. Dragon was blowing the horn. Ew. No one thinks about that. To be honest, I prefer just a dragon burning it down than some guy blowing a little horn. Horn of Gondor. <laughs> and then the wall falls down. Like, oh fuck off! Jesus, what is this? Um, oh. But it will probably be really cool in the books if they're ever finished. Hurry up, George! Hurry up, George! Hurry up. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. Season seven. Season seven recapped. Mm. But it's not over here on this podcast because I thought just to test how uh, rusty you lot are with your Game of Thrones knowledge. I've got a quiz which we're going to be doing after the little jingle. Yes, welcome to another 
fan critical quiz and this is a bastards and broken things quiz a game of thrones quiz for experts of game of thrones how much of an expert are you play along with us listeners these guys are meant to be experts but because they've been having a break from game of thrones for such a long time and we're only just getting back into it Mm. i wanted to test their knowledge their ultimate knowledge of the seasons all of them one two three four five six seven oh my word very good i'm gonna say your name and then i'm gonna ask you a question okay all you have to do is give me the correct answer you get a point if you get it wrong it can be passed to someone else who interjects to do that you have to say your name gareth or lucy can you say someone else's name thank you or john (laughs) you could say john that would confuse me let's crack on first of all i'm gonna start with gareth in australia that is the random decision that i've made gareth question one and this is we're gonna start a bit simple and then we're gonna ramp it up okay taking it back to the start John Arryn was poisoned. What was the poison used to kill him? John. Lucy. No, you can't what? jump in. Oh, He's a, he hasn't got it How wrong. How does he get to say? He gets until I say oh, he gets. Oh, fair enough. No, that's right, but I said my name first. Okay. Oh, come on, mate. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. It's the tears of lies. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Nice. The tears of lease. Yes, I will accept that. Just get yeah, your pronunciation no. correct, please. Moving next to Lucy. Lucy. Which is the first character, or who is the first character in the show to say the phrase, in the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die? Cersei Lannister. Correct. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. That's what I like. Quick answers. John. No. Oh. <laughs> that was an easy one. Who's keeping score? Me. It's, well, one, it's one all. One it's not hard. It's not, Jesus. Hell. <laughs> you lost count already. Hey, who's winning? John. Ice is the answer. John. Yeah. John. Sorry, yep. Ice is the ancestral Valyrian sword of the Starks. However, after Ned's execution, it is mm. broken down into and made into two swords for House Lannister. Yep. Can you please tell me their names? Um, oh, well, hold on, because one of them gets renamed. One of them is Widow's Whale. Correct. Uh, do you want... And the other one is... Oathkeeper. <laughs> Correct. That's what I do. I drink... And I know things. John is also on a point. One point each after round one. So started off easy, as I said. Going to be ramping it up roundabout. Now, Gareth, where is Varys from? Varys. Yeah, what is this Varys? Gareth, where is Varys from? (laughs) Varys. Varys is from... Lys. Right, if you don't get your pronunciation right, I'm going to take a point off you. I mean, you just said Varys. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. That's what I do. I drink... And I know things. It's it's lice. It's it's lice. That's, it's that's how it says. It's lease. Fucking hell. Are all these answers going to be lease? <laughs> yeah. What is this? Just, this is the way the dice is rolling. Um, if you don't buy a house, you <laughs> it. Rent it. <laughs> Lucy. Yes. Lucy. Yep. Who gives Tyrion Lannister his facial scar at the Battle of Blackwater? Fucking hell. Are all her answers going to be Cersei Lannister? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, who's that prick? Oh, oh the shit. one that Arya kills. Uh, John, I don't think it is, by the way, but John. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, Lucy, no point there. John Steele, potentially. Uh, it's not, it isn't. Um, who's that horrible guy? Because he gets killed. Now, you're thinking of Meryn Trant, I am. but it is not. Okay, yeah. that's who I was thinking. Um, no points uh, for guessing who it is, isn't there? I am going to guess Gerald Tower. No, unfortunately not, John. <laughs> Fuck and it. So that's no points there. Shame. 
No. Unlucky a hard on, one. Uh, that is a hard one. I told you the oh, difficulty. I didn't know it, though. Will, the, 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 the correct answer. The correct answer was Mandon Moore. Mm. John, you are next. Hello. What was the first castle built on the wall? I'll tell you, it wasn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh fuck. Told you, difficulty has increased. Uh, They're meant to be experts. Um, yes, it's, hard, well, it's not Castle Black, is it? So, well, once again, no point to guess. <laughs> tell me what it isn't. No, but you've just confirmed that it is not that. Um, I can't remember what it's called, so I'm going to have to say Eastwatch, unfortunately. Which That's isn't. What I was thinking. Any chance for Gareth, steel? This is a punt. I'm going the Night Fort. Yeah, Gareth, you're correct. It oh. is the Night Fort. <clears throat> That's what I do. I drink. And I know things. Okay, so the current scores after one round, uh, two rounds, is Gareth three, <laughs> Lucy one, John one. Moving it on to the next question. Gareth, if you're near the Street of Flower, Aegon's Hill, and Gin Alley, where are you? Lucy. <laughs> Just to put that in there. You're not near Lucy, but yeah, Lucy, you can steal. <laughs> Gareth gets Definitely not, not, not near Lucy. That's... I'm, do I have to go through and tell you where I'm not? Is I can tell you where it's not. It's definitely not Lease this time. <laughs> Lice. King's Landing. I cannot accept that answer. Shame. Lucy, you can steal. Flea bottom. Correct, Lucy. Blah, blah, blah. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Which is in King's Landing. I'm sorry, Gareth. No, it's, come, th- come on. on. That's shit. Come that's not going Westeros. Yeah, that's like, agreed. Come on now. That's agreed. Lucy, what is the name of Roose Bolton's wife. The one that he, he got the fattest one for the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Walder. It wasn't, it wasn't Describer. Correct. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Lucy's moved on to three points. Joint with Gareth. John is raging over here. Oh, that's I all good. Oh, at it. least I knew that answer. Yeah. I just couldn't steal. John, what does Alice of Thorne nickname Samuel Tarly? Oh, something mean. Um... I don't know, fucking fat slug. Um, <laughs> craven cunt. <coughs> Jesus. Um, oh, fuck, what does he call him? I don't know. Gaz. Something to, <laughs> he calls him Gaz. He calls him Gaz. <laughs> the worst insult of all. I can't remember. That's too long ago. Um, Gareth, you can steal. I think this is him. Does he call him Sir Piggy? Shame. I cannot accept that answer. I'm sorry. Piggy, but I don't know. Let me see. What's it then? Porker. (laughs) (laughs) No, no one got that right. It's Lord Piggy. I'm sorry, Gareth. Oh, you're so close. He's going to kick off. I I don't even remember that either. Right, it's the final question, everybody. John, you can still get back into the game with some steals. It's the final question Mm. for each participant. Gareth, you're on three points. Lucy, you're on three points. And John, you're on one point. Mm. You can still win the game. Yeah, I don't know. Let's move on. Gareth, what is the largest castle in Westeros? John Harrenhal. Correct. Gareth has moved on to four oh. points, which is insurmountable for John, but still participate, please, John. Start, You're like yeah. the Emma of the group today. Still um, John. <laughs> Lucy, can you name the three Targaryens that conquered Westeros over 300 years ago before the events of Game of Thrones? John. Three of them. There are three of them. <laughs> no, you wasn't one of them. <laughs> Jon Snow. Aegon. Correct. Jaharis. Incorrect. Oh. Shame. Do I don't not get any more chance? No, you get no more chance. So no one got that correct. Final question for John. 
Uh, I'll give him an easy one because he's only got a couple of points. I'm joking. I'll give you a very difficult one, actually. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, go for it. It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. Who is... John, who is Taisha? Lucy. Oh, hold on. Well, she can steal. Uh, I can't even remember. I, I little don't. door fella. That's, she, Ty- oh, that's Tyrion's well, hold on. Um, common law wife, the prostitute that wasn't a prostitute. Oh, yes, of that course. He had yeah, yeah. I think that's right. That it? is correct, Lucy. Yeah. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Which means it is a tie oh. between Gareth Ooh. and Lucy. Now, I would do a sudden death question. Please, However, uh, I know that ends in tears. Of least. Yeah, I think so. So I'll ask you both one question each. <laughs> Whoever gets it right, someone will get this wrong. So that's a good thing. Gareth, coming to you first. John. He's got a headache. The faith militant rose to prominence under Cersei, but under which Targaryen king did they first appear? Oh, really? <sighs> I told you. I mean, I don't know if Lucy. Um, uh, did they appear under Aegon? <laughs> oh, that's not a bad guess. There are a lot of them. I she's such a there's about lazy six of them. guess. Which <laughs> one? Incorrect. Say, is it <laughs> the third? Shame. I'm going to go back to my boy, Jon Snow, Jaharis. Unbelievably, Lucy has stolen <laughs> it. Jaharis <laughs> <laughs> Targaryen. <laughs> That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Yes, well done to Lucy, winning the inaugural Fan Critical Bastards and Broken Things quiz. Well done. There will be more throughout the season. I hope you guys in, uh, at home enjoyed that as well. There were some tough ones in there. There were some easy ones in there. So next time I might up the difficulty. And by that time, I hope that you've all read up a bit. But I'm actually very impressed with uh, Gareth and Lucy for getting quite a lot right there. John, it was, wasn't the day today. <laughs> Not John. It wasn't my Thank day. Thank you, um, Well, hold on. Can I speak? Uh, it wasn't my day. Um... <laughs> But to be honest, I didn't even know we were doing this podcast until about 10 hours ago. That's a very so, good point. You know, I shouldn't, I don't prep. We know I don't prep. He anything. does know prep. I didn't prep either. He's famous for and that. And found out about the podcast same time as She's you. She's been reading all day. Anyway, Whatever. let's wrap it up. So that was a season seven recap. I hope you enjoyed it. Please do let us know what you thought were the best moments of season seven. You can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com or alternatively, get in touch with us on any of our social media channels. We are fan underscore critical on Instagram at fancriticalpod on Twitter and fancritical on Facebook. We do love hearing from you guys. Just to say once again, we have got a Patreon. Link in the show notes, patreon.com forward slash fancritical if you want some of that sweet, sweet bonus content. Plus, we have another Game of Thrones podcast coming out in a couple of weeks' time where we'll be running through all of the crazy theories from the trailer and also crazy theories from the books that we think might come to light 
in the final season of Game of Thrones before we kick off with the season eight premiere where we will have live reaction moments, which is going to be quite funny, mm. and also the review of the episode with our special dedicated theory corner, which will once again Whoa. highlight theories like we do with all of our podcasts and speculation <laughs> for the rest of the season. I hope you've had a great time. I want to say thank you very much to John, <laughs> Lucy and Gareth. Say bye, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for joining me bye, today. Guys. Emma will be back at some point in the future. I hope you enjoyed it. Please do subscribe, share it with all your friends. This has been Bastards and Broken Things. Valada Haris. Valada Mogulis. Mm-hmm.